Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo team, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. Breaking news. We got some breaking news. This I week, love Mike. it. Let's I'm, hear I'm it. I'm excited. Um, we, we teased it out on social media this week and put the logo out, but uh, I have partnered with Bradenton Motorsports Park and their owner, uh, their majority owner, Victor Alvarez. And we are doing compound garages, luxury garages. We're going to be selling them um, at the racetrack, so at Bradenton Motorsports Park. And he's since Victor bought the racetrack, it's really become like one of the best racetracks in the country. And so he does a lot of events there, and and I've gone there for years. If you don't know, I'm kind of a car junkie. So uh, Tampa Car Dude is my personal Instagram. Yeah. If you're into cars, follow me on there, and I do all my car stuff on there. But um, but I but I found it a great opportunity to kind of blend one of my hobbies and passions, and start turning it into a business. So sure. I've been going to the track for years, and and Victor's shop. He also owns Induction Performance, which is a, a performance shop um, over near uh, over in the Carrollwood type Citrus Park area. And so I've been going for years, and I knew Victor owned you know 100 plus acres around the track, and I'm like, what do you? What are you doing with this? Like, it's just, it's, it's here. You have developers creeping up on you. You've got an opportunity here. And so probably spent about a year trying to convince him that he needed to do something. And he finally, uh, finally agreed. And so, uh, we have, we have launched a compound garages, um, you know, a luxury garage, uh, project for people that need garage storage. And, and look, we're not the first ones to do it. There's been a lot of other people that are proven this concept and it's basically taking like, you know, a, a vacation type living and allowing you to store cars and have a loft. And, and of course, the other part of it is that because Bradenton Motorsports Park has so many events, um, you know, you'll obviously get like VIP access. There's going to be a clubhouse. There's going to be a motorsports education center that we're, that, that, that is kind of leading a lot of this where, um, you know, it's, it's no secret that, um, you know, there have been accidents with people street racing and doing dumb stuff on yep. Bayshore Boulevard. Right. And, you know, you can do it legally at the racetrack if you follow the rules. And so our idea is to uh, do some driver education courses, teach kids how to drive, teach people the future of motorsports that are kind of the future of racing. And so we're going to have a motorsports education center that's kind of being built at the, uh, you know, in conjunction with. Uh, the luxury garages. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. We'll we'll work on like, fi- you know, these are obviously for sale. We'll work on the financing side of things as time goes on. And we we haven't broke ground. We've gotten some approvals with Manatee County, but not not everything completed. Um, but we'll have a website and, and you know, some more information available, um, you know, coming soon. But we've reserved the domain name. We've got the social media handles and we've got the logo and that's pretty much where Rad is at the start of things but when i announced it on on my social media he he shared it on his too and i think i probably had like 20 or 30 inquiries from people just instantly so we're talking about 120 condos, and I've got 30 people already raising their hands. So wow, I don't think we're going to have a hard awesome. time. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't think we're going to have a super hard time. It's just, you know, it's a built-in racetrack. The racetrack's already there. There's already an event center. There's already demand. And, um, you know, there's definitely people that, um, you know, already trailer their cars and have, you know, elaborate, you know, kind of uh, trailer setups right. to stay with their race cars. And this is going to be kind of an alternative to that. And then – Obviously, you know, private VIP events at the racetrack, people able to, um, you know, have their own kind of test and tune days for our owners and just a lot of stuff that we're working on to kind of tie into the racetrack. But uh, really excited about it because it's kind of turning one of my passions and things that I enjoy doing for fun 
you know, into business. So. That's super cool. Do you have any idea when you'll start with pre-sales on that? Or? Yeah. So the idea is to re- to have registration open and just to kind of get our interested people list and website and site plan approval and then have all the front elevations and the site plan available on our website, which is going to be compoundgarages.com. You won't find anything there yet, but but that we are we you know that that's where it will be. Our our plan is to have all that by um, the track's largest event of the year, which is FL2K in uh, I think it's mid to late October. Um, so by that time, we'll be able to have every at least a lot more information available. And then shortly thereafter, the idea is to have to be able to take deposits and reservations. Very and, cool. And enter some of the very first people. Obviously, one of the biggest draws um, about the project is going to be. Uh, you know, the ability to pick your unit and kind of the most desirable units, which is obviously the the earliest reservation people will have those um, opportunities. So um, I think the other really neat part um, is that one of the buildings is actually going to have a view of the racetrack, which I think will be cool because people will be able to have like their own, you know, kind of balcony yeah. set up and be able to watch races from, you know, their right. own air yeah, conditioned like luxury spot. box. So, right. Yeah. Exactly. So and there's gonna, there's just so much going on at the racetrack and I'm I'm just excited to be a part of it. I, I had. Like I said, I had uh, talked to Victor about it for a while. If you want information about it, you can send us a message on any of our socials at the Duncan Duo. We'll make sure to add you to our list of people that we're going to announce uh, this to. But again, the you know Compound Luxury Garages at Bradenton Motorsports Park. Uh, super excited about it. So again, at the Duncan Duo on any of our socials, uh, Instagram, Twitter. You can find me, my personal on Facebook or the Duncan Duo team. If you send us a message, I promise we'll reach out. With, with what information we have available to give you now. And then, of course, obviously, as time goes on, more information uh, availability. So something I'm, I'm super excited um, about. So we talked about this last week, um, Mike, but the real estate market's shifting, right? For sure. There, there's no question. We saw in Tampa um, the July statistics saw a uh, over 20% year-over-year drop in the number of home sales. Um, and a around a 30% drop compared to two years ago. Um, we've seen inventory since January go from 0.9 to 2.7 months of inventory, okay? So we've got about, I want to say around 8,000 homes available, and early in the year we had a couple thousand available. Right. So, so more sellers coming on the market to take their gain, and probably a lot of sellers concerned about what's going to happen with you know, the election, the economic cycle, inflation, so more people looking to take their equity. But what a lot of people, I think, are, are not realizing, there's a lot of sellers that we're having reach out to us and say, I'm selling because now I feel comfortable buying. I'm selling because now there's more choices for me. Right. I don't feel like I'm going to have to be as rushed. I'm not going to have to overpay on my buy. Um, and, and they're looking at it logically because they may have gotten a little bit more for their house or a bidding more for their house six months ago, um, but they would have had to pay the same thing on their buy. So there's a lot of people out there realizing that, and and it's kind of like the new norm is sitting in. We we had a, a I think the market had a slower jo- July than expected, but I feel like it started to pick up a little bit. I think people are starting to realize it's the new norm, and so our our seller activity has has been up quite a bit. But 2.7 months of inventory. Let's not get it twisted. That's still a seller's market. Yeah, it is definitely a seller's market. Yeah. Six months is considered what's considered balance. a balance, right? So anything less than six is still in the right. seller's favor. And, and yes, it, it definitely is. And you know what? A lot of what I think we saw in July too is some 
somewhat seasonal, right? And I, of course. I think we're starting to see activity pick back up, schools back in session, of course. right? And now it's, you know, so people kind of put things on hold for a few weeks there as yeah. everybody was getting back to school, and now the kids yep. are all back to school. And, and we're seeing it, too. You're starting to see more activity going up. Um, there definitely is more inventory, but we're yep. starting to see a lot of things. And, you know, happen. I'm a consultant for some other uh, real estate companies, and, and they kind of call me and ask me for advice and kind of analysis on the market. And I mentioned the same thing. I said, look, a little bit of June to July is seasonal. Right. We, June is always kind of the banner month. July is usually not as good as June. Exactly. So, however, it's usually not a 20% drop off from June to July. It's usually much more moderate, like maybe a five point drop off. So, so there's a combination of all of these things contributed. It'll be interesting to see how the stats roll throughout the rest of the year. But if we're still looking at appreciation year over year, we're still 25 plus percent appreciation. We've not started to see depreciation. We did see a little bit of a drop in the average sale price from June to, from June to July, but it's relatively expected um, considering you know everything that's happening. But one month doesn't make a market. We've no. always seen a bad month or a great month here and there. So in order for something to really know that a trend is coming, you need to have a few months. Now, the market is shifting, whether or not it's shifting into a balanced market to, to a worse market. Who, who really knows? Because we've only seen one month of this statistical change. But I remember 10 years ago looking at real estate uh, data and looking at inventory in San Francisco. And it was like around two and a half months of inventory when I think we were at like eight or something. And I thought, oh my goodness, right. two and a half months of inventory. Now we've risen and people are you know, losing their mind thinking it's a buyer's market and, and it's not yet. So I can't say it won't get there, but but uh, but it's not there yet. And I don't think that's happening anytime. Um, you know, it's not happening next month anyway. One other stat for home buyers to pay attention to, okay? Things have started to change, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that we flashed back 13 years. To, no. You know? So it is, yes. you, it, the list I mean, to sell price ratio went to above 100 to 99, okay? Right. So you're not, people aren't fire selling their houses, okay? People are just getting a little bit more realistic. The crazy bidding wars to throw stuff above what a real value is has is, is, is slowed down in most neighborhoods. And we're returning to a more balanced, normal real estate market where, um, truthfully, real estate agents are going to have to work a little harder. You know, I posted on my Facebook this week and I said that, you know, accountability is kind of going to be the new norm, you know, structure, time management, because uh, the order taking mark is over. Yep. You know, and I think it's important to you're starting to see some headlines out there and people are just, you know, it's the media just trying to get eyeballs. Is Are we coming on a crash or things happening? Right. None of that is near. It's just getting more True. towards a balance, balance that's there. Yeah. So we don't want but the, fear is what sells. People. Right. And and that's why they put those those, you know, headlines out there. But that, that certainly is not happening. The price uh, appreciation is still there um, and everything else. And, you know, this is frankly what we wanted for a long time. Right. We wanted more. We wanted more listings. And, 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 and I think, again, them. in my company, we're seeing that, too. We're seeing our inventory of active listings rise and um you know but but kind of going back to the real estate agent front um if you're thinking about a real estate career change make sure to hit us up on one of our social channels send us a message uh you know check out our website you know hit hit the real estate career button on our website at the duncanduo.com you can register for our career night you can do a you know you, you again there are a lot of companies that are not prepared for this um, there are a lot of real estate companies that were started in the last years that don't even know what a price reduction is. Okay, they don't have the scars that I have of going through the real estate markets that I've been through. Uh, you know, since starting uh, and getting my license uh, 18 years ago. You know, almost 18 years ago. So again, um, you know, people have to understand that experience and going through these markets gives you perspective. And so we're very well positioned and very well prepared to keep growing despite the market changes. So. 
Um, I think there's a lot of agents out there right now as individual agents that are going to have to join teams. I, I think that's going to be the new norm because the advertising and lead generation is going to get harder. There's going to be fewer leads and fewer sales per agent, and they're going to need that structure in order to stay in the business. And, and ultimately, if we continue to see a drop in home sales, realtors are going to leave the industry. There's going to be realtors that aren't going to make it. Yeah, I think we're starting to already see that where people are, you know, I think I mentioned it last week where you're seeing some of the part-time realtors starting to go get another, you know, a second job and, you know, moonlighting job or whatnot, because it's not as busy as it's been in the past. And um, you're going to see it's and it's a good it's a good cleansing of the industry. We talked about this last week of of having the true professionals that are going to be in the business because now more than ever, to your point of accountability and whatnot, you need a true professional on your side and not just an order taker. Yeah, no doubt about it. So again, you're listening to the Duncan Do a Real Estate Show, and we aren't on air. If you're a real estate agent interested in joining us, hit us up on our socials at the Duncan Duo or. Uh, if you're someone interested in one of those garage condos, you want information, you're curious about what's going on, uh, make sure also to hit us up on one of our social channels and we'll make sure to add you to our list and get information as it becomes available. So we'll be back continuing our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market, the national housing market. You see this, right? You see CNBC and the AP and MSNBC and Fox all come out with these articles about what happened to the average price of a home in the country, right? Okay. There's no such thing as a national real estate market. There's no national MLS. or It just doesn't exist. It would be like saying the high today in the U.S. is 57 degrees in the United States of America. That's the high temperature. The, that doesn't apply to all the areas. Right. You know? And real estate is so local that when they start talking about national stats, people will get it twisted and think, oh, wow, prices dropped this much. And in Tampa, it may not have dropped at all. It may have dropped, you know, 18% in New York City and 1% here. And the average ends up blending out. People think that, you know, they can come in and low ball on houses. Florida, fortunately, is going to be protected a little bit by some of the changes in the real estate market because of our population growth. The fact that we're still affordable to some of these areas, the demand to live here, um, you know, some of the politics involved certainly has a say too. No state income tax is a big thing. Um, and, and so... There are plenty of people that um, get those things twisted. So when you're paying attention and looking at news articles about home prices dropping, home prices rising, home sales dropping, home sales rising, if they are talking about national real estate stats, you're basically reading toilet paper because it's trash. There's nothing good about there's no there's no relevant information to help you make a good decision because the only relevant real estate information that matters to your home buying and selling decisions is what's going on in your local market. For sure. And I think that that weather analogy is uh, I haven't heard that one before, but that's yeah. that's a perfect way to describe it, because if if the average was 57 degrees and you're in Tampa Bay, right, it ain't 57. It, I kind of wish it was yeah. some days. I mean, 97, 97 in uh, August. And, you know, it looks like that trend is going to continue into September. I, boy, I wish we had 57. But but nonetheless, um, you know, we're we're um, we are seeing a market shift in Tampa. We are seeing uh, things start to normalize is what I believe the, the right word for it is. Um, but in other parts of the country, they're getting hit a little harder. Yeah. And and so, um, I, you know, again, will that eventually trickle the year? Who really knows? There's so many economic things and political things that happen to affect the real estate market. And it is so slow moving. Right. One great indicator for what's going on in the real estate market is a list to sell price ratio. That gives you an idea of what people value real estate at based to market or based to asking price, right? So with a lot of data, you can look at that trend and know um, and see 
that there are small incremental movements. You know, the average list to sell price ratio may vary one or two percentage points month to month. And, and you'll see a trend where it might go from 100 to 97 over a year period, okay? You know, the, the Dow doesn't move that slowly, right? okay? Yeah, there right. are days that, where it's, that, yeah. we're days where it's off two or 3%, months where it's off 10 to 12. Real estate values don't move like that. Um, and fortunately, we've got a relatively sound process for how to have qualified people for financing. One of the biggest challenges of the real estate market back from, you know, the late 2000s was that people were able to get mortgages. I mean, there were there were there were dancers getting mortgages. I mean, everybody could get a mortgage, you know, and and so that isn't the case now. It's 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 easier for yeah, they, um, it's not easier. It's harder to get a mortgage. But it's easier to understand that the real estate market is safer. Yeah, and what, what happened is, is there's responsible lending, right? After the financial crisis, there's been responsible lending that has been happening. So the um, the delinquency rates, you know, have gone to near zero. Um, I mean, they're not zero. I mean, there's always somebody that's going to have trouble and everything else. And you're seeing those start to creep up a little bit as well as some people have had some more challenges in there. But it's nothing like it was. And, it be, and that's because of the lending and the underwriting that was done on these loans, verifying income, making sure that they can afford to pay it, so on and so forth. And so you're not seeing any of that out there. So from that standpoint, the market is still extremely healthy. Um, th that does go in there. One of the things I did see, though, this week, too, was an article and, and was local to Tampa Bay is rents continue to rise, although not as fast. They're still at they're just still like at home highs, values. Right? Home values aren't rising as much, but they're still rising. Right. And so rents are still going up. And it'll be very interesting to see because that being the case, because those were already high. If we do start seeing more inventory on the market, I think you're going to start seeing more renters saying, you know, OK, now now's the time to get in. Right. It's not the frenzy that's going to be there. And I think that'll bring some more buyers. And, to the and this market. is, you know, speaking to uh, people that are deciding between buying or renting, you're paying a mortgage and you're paying that mortgage interest rate, whether you're buying or you're renting. Right. The difference is if you're buying, you're paying your mortgage and you're in control. You own the asset. Uh, you're getting the equity gain and the tax benefits. Um, whereas if you're renting, you're giving all of those financial benefits to landlords. Landlords don't rent properties. They're not nonprofit organizations. I mean, there are a few of them out there, but but they're not. They rent properties to make money. If you're renting from someone, they're making money off of you. You're giving them the spread, basically. Okay. So the key to understand it is if you can qualify to buy, even if it's more expensive than you think and rates are higher, uh, you know, it, it's still better off because you're going to end up seeing the increase in your rents or your landlord is going to raise them. One other thing that I think is important that a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people do this all the time. They're living in a thousand square foot apartment. Okay. And they decide they want to buy. So they start looking at 3000 square foot houses and they say, well, we can't afford this. So we're going to keep renting our thousand square foot. You're not comparing apples to apples. Okay. Sure. So maybe instead of going back and renting your thousand square foot apartment, cause you couldn't buy your 3000 square foot house, you know, kind of, uh, you know, start with a house that isn't as big as the 3000 and stepping stone, it. you know, get some equity gain, learn how to be a homeowner. For some reason, a lot of home buyers have skipped the starter home yes. and they're looking into bigger homes and more expensive homes. And, and then they're saying, well, I can't afford this. I don't want to do this. So then they go back to living in their, you know, teeny apartment that makes no sense because they're saying, well, it's more expensive to buy. Of course, it's more expensive to buy a 3,000 square foot house than it is to live in a 1,000 square foot apartment. Hello. You know, but that's the, you know, the kind of the, the flawed logic that a lot of people are working with. So you don't have to jump into the big house. Start with the starter house. Maybe start with the 1,500 square foot house. And you get a little bit bigger. 
you know, and, and maybe that's more affordable than the enormous house that you can't afford yet. You don't, Americans have gotten too impatient. Take your time, okay? Get your starter house and then move up to the bigger house on the next round. So anyway, we're going to be back, continue our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Condos and townhouses, right? We get this question from people all the time. All the time. They're like, hey, is this a condo? Is this a townhouse? And and it's hard to explain visually from looking at something because there are times you're looking at something and it looks like a townhouse, but it's a condo. And there are times you're looking at something and it looks like a condo, but it's a townhouse. So the most the easiest way to understand it is in a townhouse, you have fee simple ownership, meaning you own the land. Okay. You share a wall with someone, or maybe two walls, or maybe three walls. Right. You, know, you could share multiple walls with someone, but you own your dirt and you you own some land. Okay. So, you know, when I when I look at it, um, people don't understand the ownership side of it in terms of how to translate the difference between the two. They think that a condo is, you know, a single floor in a building and it has a bunch of units around it. And and again, that isn't always the case sometimes, but so, so that's the best way to know which a townhome is if you own the land underneath the other, uh, you know, the other thing is in a condo, you're owning an undivided interest in the common elements and the and and a part of the community, but you don't have any ownership control over the land over any of the land. Okay, so and condos typically are 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 governed by different rules and typically are going to have a board of people that determine who the who the providers are for landscaping and maintenance, what what things the HOA covers, what insurance they go with, all these types of things. You're you're losing a little bit of that control. Townhomes will typically have, um, you know, a master policy that might cover some common elements. Right. Um, and they may have lawn and exterior maintenance contracts or something like that. But you still control a little bit more of your utility, you know, not your utility, but your, your providers and you own land. Um, the most simple way to know, in my opinion, when you're whether you're looking at a condo or a townhouse is from the legal description. Uh, yes. You know, so the legal description on a townhome is typically going to have the word lot or block lot. in it. Yep. You know, um, sometimes it'll have lot, 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 unit number. Okay. Condos usually have unit number in it as well. So don't, so, so some, I've heard some people say, oh, if a unit, it's a condo. And that's not true. There are some townhome legal descriptions that say like, you know, block seven, unit eight, um, and and use unit numbers. Yes. So um, it depends on how big the parcel and the land is that's attached to the townhome. But the easiest way, in my opinion, is lot or block is in the legal description for uh, townhomes. And for condos, you're typically going to see some sort of percentage or number followed by an undivided interest in the common elements. Okay, so if you see undivided common interest common elements, um, you know, some sort of percentage or 0.07%, something like that, condo. Yes. Townhome, lot or block. And, you know, I think here in Tampa Bay, our, in all the surrounding counties and most of Florida, but really around here too, the property appraiser sites, 
make it a really easy way to search for properties. True. You can search by address and everything else. And you can always go look there and see what the legal description is and see what the use is. And it makes it you know, an easy way to do that. If you're, you know, if you're not sure, if you're reading the uh, legal description, you're like, oh, I'm not sure if it, it, what this is. You can go, you know, just Google the, the county, um, wherever the property is and the property appraiser site, and it will give you what the yeah, use is. Yeah, the, the property, property appraiser is. sites will, are a good thing because they'll show you the type right. of ownership too. But if you're quickly looking now, here's the tough part though, because some of the portals don't put the legal description in there. Right. So sometimes it's a little harder. And that's where a great real estate agent like the ones at the Duncan Duo come in handy because they'll be able to tell you whether it's a, you know, condo or townhome. So, um, but um, if you're just looking on your own and you want to know, that's the easiest way. And here's the other thing. If you're losing, if you're using any of the major real estate websites to search for this, they screw this up every day. Okay. If you're doing a condo or townhome search on Zillow or Realtor or any of those websites, they typically mess this up because they're using the architectural definition of what a property is. A property may be a townhome, townhome style. And they may be listed like it's a townhome and may look like a townhome, but it may have condo ownership. Yes. So a lot of the portals don't have the actual drop down lined up with what the type of ownership is. It's the architectural style. So you'll sometimes have townhomes mixed in with condos and condos mixed in with townhomes. So again, it's why working with a real estate agent, if you're doing that search, makes a big difference. And while working on a real estate agent's website, we'll help you understand that because they have the proper searches set up with the MLS. So. And it's like from the mortgage side, it's such a big difference for us, whether it's a townhome versus a condo and, and the way that it, the loan gets underwritten, the way the approvals go, et cetera, et cetera. A townhome is is looked at very similarly to a single family residence, even though it might have common walls or something else, where a condo is a whole, has its whole separate set of rules and we got to make sure the condo complex is approved and, and everything else. So it is important to know what it, the difference is and it has a difference in the pricing and what your interest rate is going to be because condos typically tend to be a little bit more riskier and so that's built into the price that you're going to get. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And and like you talked about too, the, the, the ownership determines financing. Yes. You know, so... So your down payments and, you know, the majority of the time a townhome will qualify for, um, you know, all of the lower down payment property, you know, the the VA, the FHA, um, you know, typically, again, there are circumstances with right. your HOA that could cause problems with it, but typically um, a townhome is going to be um, closer to the safety net of a single family home when it comes to the lower down payment mortgages. Condos, on the other hand, have to go through a longer list of criteria in order to qualify. Um, and, and so I want to talk about that because I think people sometimes don't understand this with condos. They think, well, it's mine. I'm buying it. You should finance me. I'm great. I have great credit. I'm putting down all this money. But the condo may have a bunch of yahoos running the HOA that have made a bunch of mistakes and they're past due on stuff, or they've not stayed within the right lines for homeowner occupancy levels, or they haven't maintained the building, or they've let internet in, internet insurance lapse. There's a lot of things that in a condo, you're giving authority and control to other people having an impact on your financial decision-making. It's why when you're doing your due diligence on a condo, it shouldn't just be about inspecting the unit. It should be about who is running this place. And are they running a good business? Because that's essentially what it is. It is a business. And I just, I mean, again, you know, it's a popularity contest. There are a lot of, and I, we deal with this all the time. There's some great HOA boards for condos out there. There's some great condo boards. And there are some t absolutely terrible ones where the person running them 
has no concept of what they're doing. They want a popularity contest probably because half the people don't live there. And, you know, you know, the people that do live there, this person hit them up for votes and they won the popularity contest and they have no business running an HOA. They, they have no experience and they make decisions that are not based in fact or logic and they cause problems for that condo association. So yes. you've got to be careful buying a condo because you you are not just buying into that property, but you're buying into the people running that place, making good decisions and your faith and trust in them. Look at the condo docs. Look at the meeting notes. Go Even go to a meeting. Figure out who the person is. Look them up. See what kind of experience they have. Again, I've seen some of them that are that are that have people on the condo board that are, you know, real estate agents or people experienced in real estate and they understand the decisions they're making and they run a great business. I've seen others where people have lost fortunes of money because the condo board makes a decision that doesn't make financial sense and harms the owners. So that's what you're buying into. Yeah, another thing I would say Be is careful. ask to look at the budget. Oh, yeah. And so, again, talk to your – and this is where you're probably going to need a, you know, a professional real estate agent or a professional mortgage guy. Call us, and we can help walk you through that because you want to see what the financials of those condo are. Because Do they have money in reserve? Are they in debt? Do right. they need – is a special assessment, assessment coming? coming? Right. Um, are they paying their bills? Are they doing the bare minimum on insurance? Another big one with condos right now, look, it's – you know, everyone it – was, it, was, it was a huge controversy when the buildings in South Florida collapsed. Right. Now – inspectors are starting to pay more attention and looking at, you know, is this building, you know, does this building check off the boxes to make sure this building isn't going to collapse like yeah. the one in Miami did? Right. And legislation has been recently been passed and it's coming up in the next couple of years where buildings are going to have to have engineering reports done, sure. um, you know, periodically, and you're not going to be able to use one that's 25 years old to make sure that things are going to be solid. So that all of that weighs in and, and yeah. a condo needs to be aware of that and know it's coming and plan accordingly. Yeah. And, and again, some of them do a great job yes. of it and some of them do a horrendous job here. Here's the other thing that you're buying into. Okay. You're buying into an experience at that condo community. All right. You're buying into the people that are running that condo community to provide an experience that protects your value and how great are they to deal with? How poor are they to deal with? Um, there are real estate agents that don't like dealing and selling certain condos because of how much of a hassle it is to get information, how lazy the people are at providing estoppel reports or um, you know other types of information that can help you know help get a real estate deal closed. If they don't, if they're not doing those things, they're probably not running a great business. And then real estate agents are leery because they're like, look, these the people at these places don't. They just don't even want to sell. They don't even want to get the units sold. They don't even care. And when you have that, you're, again, risking your investment. Um, you know, people are going to think like, man, Andrew really hates condos. <laughs> <laughs> right. Man, Andrew just really hates on condos. But, again, I've seen these horror stories. And, and you know, have have owned condos, bought and sold condos, and I have, you know, helped list and sell thousands of them. And I've seen the horror stories and a lot of people aren't prepared for the horror stories of what, what can happen, the risk that you can prevent. If you do proper due diligence, right. you work with a good agent, you go through an experience process, you hire an inspector, you look at the budget, you look at the financials, you look at, you actually read the condo docs and the bylaws. Cause here's what happens. They're like 200 pages. So people get them and do they, do they really read them? Right. No, they have to never. sign that yes. they read them. Right. They don't read them. And then they don't read them. And then they're upset at the condo board because the decisions that are being made and it's like you were given the document of what to read and you just didn't choose to read it. So do you, if you're going to buy a condo, know that it's a little bit more risky. 
than a townhome or a single family home. Do your due diligence. Read the condo docs. Read the bylaws. Know what's going on in that community. Yeah, and we have a ton of condos here in the Tampa Bay area. And like to your point, I mean, there are the horror stories and all the those majority of them are great. Right. Okay. There, so I'm not saying places, like but, I'm not I, again. But when you've sold thousands of them, you've, you've had some. Careful. You've got some horror stories, yes. right? So, but the, the the majority of them are fantastic. But that does not mean you should not do your due diligence for sure. So, again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. When we aren't on the air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat. Always putting out uh, YouTube as well. We got some cool YouTube shorts that we started doing. So, if if you're on social media, make sure you're following us. We're always giving out good real estate content. And hockey season is coming. We'll be giving out free tickets and jerseys and T-shirts and hats and all kinds of cool stuff for our Tampa Bay Lightning fans. Um, you know, I don't I. This could be breaking news, but but you know I'm working on progressing with the Lightning. We do a we do a contract every year, and I don't have any. I'm I'm pretty confident we're going to end up being the official real estate agents. Lightning again, you know, just you know something that's part of our business and kind of integrated into our culture. So awesome, um, you know. So um, you know, I I foresee that happening. So uh, we're excited about that, and uh, you know, we're going to be back continuing our conversation with our last segment. After a quick break here on WFLA News. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Again, we want, when we aren't on air, at the Duncan Duo, uh, YouTube, Snapchat, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all of them, we're out there. Make sure to follow us. And so home inspections are something that gets misunderstood, get, get misunderstood a lot. Now, when the market was a little hotter a few months ago, there were a lot of people waving doing them. Um, simply because it was the only way to get a deal done and there was so much competition that people had to buy a home without doing one. But but that has started to slow and home inspections are back again. And so um, a lot of people misunderstand a home inspection and, and think that it's the buyer's obligation to fix everything in that home inspection or that, you know, it's going to be some sort of like, um, you know, book report, you know, that's like you get an A plus, you know, right, right. like we have become a society that is so vain um, and so um, expecting of like, you know, tidy, neat perfection, filters on everything. Everyone gets a trophy. Like, I mean, we have become a very soft society. Okay, so when a lot of home buyers read these inspection reports, they're expecting like sunshine and rainbows, and uh, you know, like whimsical fairy tales are going to pop out of the report and say, "You have done a great job, <laughs> Mister Buyer. You're buying an amazing house." Okay. That's our expectation because that's what mostly everything else is. I mean, you can put unicorns and filters on your pictures on all your social media channels. Why don't the home inspectors do that with inspection reports? Well, because they're CYA to make sure they don't get sued. But talking about what's going to be in the home inspection, you're going to have a laundry list of stuff that's wrong with the house yes. in the home inspection. Every That's home ownership, okay? And I promise you, guess what? There was a laundry list of stuff wrong in your apartment, okay? A lot of it you probably never got fixed, okay? Uh, that you didn't even know was wrong because everything still worked. Um, and sometimes your landlord might have to fix that. And they fix that because average sale price in Tampa is, you know, last year went up a hundred grand. Okay? Right. They'll fix the toilet when they're making a hundred grand on you, Mr. Renter. Okay. So when you own a house, some of those things now become your responsibility. Okay. So home sellers, for the most part, um, even as the market is softened, don't want to make repairs. Um, and and in lieu of major catastrophic construction issues. It's my opinion that far too many buyers cancel deals on home inspection for things that are minor and that they're going to find in every single house in that price range. Um, and, and they need to use the inspection report as the blueprint for what they do in their first year of ownership. That's my opinion. 
And again, unless the roof is shot, the AC is shot, the electric has you know old knob and tube wiring or an old old discontinued panel or you know a sinkhole, uh, major settlement. I mean, there are things you should cancel a contract for. But I see people cancel and then they go out and they say, okay, now I'm just going to raise my price. Right. I'm going to go up a hundred grand. And guess what? There's still going to be problems with that inspection report. Okay, you can't put a, a Snapchat filter on your inspection report. All right, and you can't put it on your house either. You are going to have to do a little bit of work. You're going to have to spend a little money maintaining a house. You're going to have to make a few repairs being a homeowner, but you're going to get enormous financial benefits from it. And and I would say, too, is when you get that inspection report, review it with your real estate agent, yes. please. Have and them understand go the math behind what those things cost. To right. What is what is going to be more serious? Because, you know, a professional real estate agent that has sold lots of homes, has seen it all, is going to be able to go through and say, you know, what are you, what are you looking at here? Right. Is yeah. this is this major? Is this something that really could be a red flag that could be a deal breaker because again i mean or I remember, is this stuff that's normal in every in, in right. the majority of homes in this price range are going to have these things wrong and right. that, that's typically what it is people will cancel again because they spend too much time on tiktok snapchat and uh instagram with filters and and they they expect everything to be perfect or you know they they want to put everything in a filter you can't put a home in a filter you're gonna have to do some work okay you're gonna have to fix some things but that's why you get the financial benefit of it all right and so the, the second part of it is that um, what what a lot of buyers will do is say, oh, well, I don't want this. That inspection's bad. No, it's not. It's normal. Like, the, you're going to have stuff wrong. Well, shouldn't the seller have to fix it? No, because they got three offers behind you. Yes. You know, right. and, and even and contractually, a lot of times people are in as-is contracts, but the buyer doesn't read the contract, so then they want repairs. They're not allowed to ask for repairs. It's cancel or move on. So anyway, again – do an inspection, but but have reasonable expectations of what happens in that inspection process and what you have to do, um, what you don't have to do, what is really an issue, and what the cost of cure is. I've seen buyers say, oh, I don't like this. So if homes in this price range have this, then I want to buy a $400,000 home. Then they extend themselves, and then guess what happens when the market goes a little uh, a little soft? They extend themselves too much and they end up in foreclosure because they extended themselves too much all for chasing this fairy tale unicorn inspection report that doesn't exist. Every house has problems. Yes. Brand new construction, multi-million dollar houses have problems. Right. You know, I've never seen a clean inspection report. They don't exist. Look at it financially. Get an assessment of what those things are going to cost and have an understanding of, you know, maybe the, maybe the seller will cough up something. Maybe the seller will do something for you. But realistically, um, go into them with an open mind and understand that it's probably going to shock you. And the language the inspector uses is meant to cover his butt you know, from lawsuit. It's going to make you think that a $100 item is some major safety ridiculous hazard when you can get it fixed you know, easily. So yeah. don't, don't resort right to canceling because you've been trained by society to, of this, you know, uh, you know, fairy tale thing that, that doesn't isn't reality for home ownership. Yeah, and and your agent will go over this with you, but most of the time you're not going to go back and ask them to fix anything. If anything, you're going to go back and maybe say, "Hey, give me Dollar a little credit. bit of a credit." That's a big believer. Or, or, you uh, know, not having the seller fix stuff is a mistake because then they're going to they're going to look to do it cheap, exactly. Yeah. So so no, get a credit, fix it yourself. Right. Um. And and again, uh, get numbers, do math. Okay. You're becoming a homeowner. It's a big responsibility. You, you know, understand the math behind it, the investment in repairing that home, the value back that you get versus going out and canceling. If prices are rising, you spend on average three months before you find the next house. Okay. So you got three months of appreciation, three months of uh, interest rates rising, three months of you not getting those benefits. 
There's just a lot of risk, and people cancel far too often and then raise their price, extend themselves, all because they, they spend $100,000 more because they didn't want to make $2,000 in repairs. Look at it mathematically. Yes. So we appreciate you tuning in, and uh, hope you have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay. Thank you.